Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Hey, Boiling Pointers. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Before we start, Dave and I want to let you know all about our Boiling Point process, online courses, live events, and masterminds. After interviewing hundreds of leaders, we've packaged a ton of knowledge together to serve up to you. Info that will help you and your company be heard in a very noisy marketplace. So visit www.boilingpointprocess.com and sign up for the email newsletter, and we'll let you know when our next cohort or event is. Thanks also for supporting The Boiling Point by subscribing to us on iTunes and also leaving a rating for us. Greg? I'm, I'm eating on the microphone. I, I apologize, know. Dave. You shouldn't do that because we have a very special <laughs> guest in the booth with us who's Bruce, come would, would all, like a snack, all the way. <laughs> no, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, who's I, come all the way. I ate. All the way from. Actually, you know what? He has traveled almost as much as you have in the last little while. So mm-hmm. uh, in the last, so he's on a three-week stretch, I believe, started in Ontario, Victoria, Vancouver, uh, Hay River. Hay River. In Northwest Territories. Wow. St. John, New Brunswick. On Chris tour. Pances, on tour. And then, on tour. And then yep. he's going back uh, sometime. He, he I don't has, have any roadies, though. He, he doesn't have, he has no roadies. <laughs> but so Bruce, we had on, as you remember. Remember when we talked about with Bruce last time, Greg? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, geez, when was that? <laughs> he's pulling your leg. Why did you, why'd you do that? <laughs> You know that I'm, you know that I'm undercaloried. I'm, I'm trying to eat as much calories as I can, so my brain starts working again. Dave, Bruce, Dave does this to me all the time. Oh, I know he does it to me all the time. Oh. <laughs> we talked about culture with Bruce a few year a few years ago, probably or yeah, a year ago, year, or year and a half ago. Yeah, and Bruce is. Um, a we did have Bruce on. Yeah, we did. Yeah, but no, you. What are, why are you tripping me out? Because I I remember this. That's what I was saying. I remember having Bruce on. Well, I, I, can I not laugh anymore? Oh my god! Oh my god! So sorry about that, Bruce. So we, had, right. we, we had we had someone. We had actually Alan Gates. Um, he, we were talking on stage in this in the Boiling Point process, BoilingPointProcess dot com. Check it out. Sign up. You can come to a live event or online course. And um, I thought he was so hilarious. He said that we he we reminded him of the, the those two Muppet characters that sit up in the in the, you know, in what, the what are their yeah, names? The yeah, guys in the that balcony. Sit up in the balcony. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and I I think I know who he thought each of us was, but <laughs> I'm I'm playing out of character right now. If I want to play that, no, but Bruce. Um, is in town, and I thought he'd be a great guest. Um, there's a many topics we could touch on with Bruce. Um, he's a, um, a certified executive coach. He, he and I work together with Vision Coaching, and um, and Bruce is a guy that I bring in um, to support uh, cultural change in organizations if that's what they're trying to trying to impact. And 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 a lot of times um, there's a whole bunch of things you know that might be I don't know kind of um, stalling growth and, and uh, engagement and all these things. And it can be as simple as, and Bruce is actually delivering some training tomorrow around this, and we get a lot of things, is where people have challenges having 
um, tough conversations or or Amen. Or, yeah. or how to deal yeah. with conflict. And and I thought, you know, that's kind of a cool topic. And I wanted to, you know, ask Bruce if he'd join us to speak on it. Now, I was going to give him a whole new topic, you know, for today. <laughs> but I thought, no, I, I'll go <laughs> with the script. The bus. Yeah, throw him yeah. under the bus. Yeah. Yeah. So well, this, this is great. I, I, and this, this is definitely a topic that I'm interested in because um, – at that, uh, I, I was speaking at an event last night, and uh, Nancy Mathis from the Wallace McCain oh, Institute yeah. was yep. before me talking about the bird quadrants. I don't know what they call it. This test about what personality you are. The bird yeah. Behavioral and, assessment, yeah. Kind and of. Uh, I'm a dove. I've I got a little bit of peacock, but I'm a dove. So I personally, I can handle conflict conversations, no problem, and I do, but I do not enjoy them. Now, to switch that that's the headspace around saying, no, conflict in conversations are critical for growth and it's a way to do it with respect and mm-hmm. and tact. And I'm hoping maybe that's what we're going to talk about a little yep. bit. Absolutely. We can go anywhere. Well, and yeah, I, we I think Bruce, you can go, yeah. So, so why don't you, like I, I did, that was my poor attempt at, at, um, <laughs> at um, introducing you to the audience. Greg knows you already. But for people that don't know you uh, and haven't worked with you, how, maybe give a little background and then we can jump into the topic. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, as Dave said, I'm a, an executive coach and uh, found my passion and love of coaching probably about eight or nine years ago now. And at that time was in the corporate world. I was a senior HR executive um, and was feeling stagnated. It was feeling like, you know, I worked all my life to get to the executive level and I got there and I thought, holy cow, what have I done? This is not where I want to be. But I sat there for seven years. <laughs> and, and just as a quick yeah, a, a sure. interruption, what what was it about being uh, in the C-suite that was, wasn't grooving with you? You know, it was too much, um, there was too much politics and there was, I was too far removed from the front line, too far removed from the people who were actually doing the work. And the things that got escalated to my level were problematic. It was, it was just dealing constantly with problems. So yeah. I was being reactive rather than proactive. There's no joy in that. No, there's no, no. joy in it. And it's, it's, it's really a, a fundamental problem within, with businesses that are constantly being in a reactive mode rather than proactive, getting out in front of it. You, you, told, a story, you told a story to me at one point, I think you've, you've shared, I think it's in a, one of your bios somewhere, but I mean, and P, I guess this, and, the, and you know, I don't know, I can't relate to this, but this is a common occurrence, I guess, in the, in, is for some in the corporate world where you talked about, because you, you know, the, the, the company, the last company you're with had offices in Australia and in North America and all yeah. over. And you talked about having a, the Blackberry at that point beside your bed at all times yeah. reacting Brutal. to whatever. Can you imagine Brutal. This? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, you know, it's one of the realities for particularly executives or people that have offices in other countries, right? So I was the, you know, the, the EVP of HR for the company. And so if there was a problem in Australia, which is 12 hours different time zone, and they needed something reacting, it's... And I was literally sleeping with my black. And, and and did they know that as well? Like like for for example, when it happens with my wife, who's a physician. Oh, okay, yeah. People are, are very apologetic at two yes. in the morning when they call. Uh, so it's they only pick up the phone if it's critical. Did people respect your your sleeping hours? Yeah, uh, it depends. I mean, I don't think for a lot of them that really you know they knew you were in another country, but to the degree to which they really thought through how important is this, and do I need to call him at three in the morning his time with this issue. But again, you know, in a lot of companies where you're running, going 100 miles an hour, uh, if they don't get me then, then by the time I, it's daytime for me, it's nighttime for them. Yeah, that's right. Right? That's so right. call uh, now. So when, when, when would you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's got to so be. It's, it, this is interesting too, because uh, I've been listening to this book called Essentialism. Uh, great. If you read books or listen to books, check it out. Like, it's amazing. And 
I think this is a really good transition into the difficult dis- discussions, is that um, at a certain point, th- th- this book is all about a very similar story as you, almost identical, in fact. Uh, but at a certain point, uh, this particular uh, gentleman started saying, no, yeah. don't call me. Yeah. Um, no, I can't do that meeting. No, no, no. And it was uncomfortable at first, and people felt offended. And there's a little bit of popularity uh, you know, hit as a result. But his res- the respect level went up. Because he made the hard decisions yeah. to have those difficult d- discussions saying, I'm available to you, but you cannot call me or whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, right? absolutely. Yep. And um, how do you have those? You know, Dave and I are always trying to learn on this on these podcasts as well. And like for me, I have so many requests of people that I do want to meet with. I want to hang yeah. out and hear what they're doing. And yeah. But it's not the essential um, element to me growing my business, which is what I have to take care of. So having those difficult discussions with people saying, yeah, I love you, respect you, but I, I cannot help you. Is that part of what, what we're talking about here? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, when we talk about having difficult conversations, it's the full spectrum. You know, if you, if I put myself and put my old HR hat on, you know, some of the difficult conversations I had to have with people at one end of the spectrum would have been around job performance and potentially, you know, they don't straighten up, they're, they're going to be out of a job. The other end of the spectrum could be a difficult conversation with somebody about personal hygiene, right? Important, real in the workplace, but difficult. And mm-hmm. so, the, and everything in between. So mm-hmm. whether it's, whether it's telling somebody that I got to say no to this request or whether it's, you know, helping someone understand the consequences of not changing, uh, you know, is, is the conversation about something that you're requiring being changed or offering feedback for them to consider whether they change it. It's the full spectrum. And what, what's the approach? I mean, I, I, everybody <laughs> wants to know, how well, do you do it? Well, but maybe before we, cause we'll, before we get to the approach, but like what, what is it that stops people? Like where, where, what, what's, what's the barrier? Okay. To- well, I'll answer both those questions. Cause it is the, the answer and the process is really, it starts with, you know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to, take people through a process of how to have difficult conversations, the actual how to do it is about 10% of the training or the talk because it's mindset before skill set. You know, the very fact that we're labeling it as a tough conversation or difficult conversation means we've already got a paradigm mm-hmm. set up that says this is going to be hard. Mm. This is going to be difficult. And it might this not be is, accurate, but you're telling absolutely. yourself Absolutely. Yeah, you framed it that way. Mm-hmm. So the first, th- the first thing is a realization of self-awareness about, okay, why am I calling it that? Why am I labeling it as a difficult conversation? Because what happens is that then if we have it in our head, this is a difficult pr- conversation, then we project that onto the person we're going to have the conversation with. And we can unintentionally create very uncomfortable conversations only because we projected it onto somebody. So it really starts with what's the mindset you're coming in with. What's the, you know, what would be different, for example, you know, what would be different if you thought, I have to have a feed-forward conversation. I have to have a a success-creating conversation. Mm -hmm. Or I have to have a supportive conversation versus I have to have a difficult or a tough conversation. That's interesting. There's probably some very basic psychology going on here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I, 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 what strikes me is um, Crucial Conversations, you know, it's Mm -hmm. a great book. It's great resources there uh, for people that are interested. But this idea that they said a lot of people would enter a conversation. So the theory is that you can have Crucial Conversations um, and actually actually have a stronger relationship as a result. Right? Absolutely. And there's all these ways to it. And, and when they talk, one of the things that struck me is I thought, I think there's some truth to this, is a lot of people don't have the conversations because, you know, they, 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 they call, I, and I'm, I'm probably killing this, what is really intended to say, but this idea like it's a sucker's choice. Like either the conversation is going to go really bad Absolutely. or yep. it might go okay. 
Yeah. But there's like, they never see any third way. You know what I mean? And, yes. and so, and most people feel like it's going to go really bad. So they have all this trepidation around going to the conversation, yeah. which probably, like you said, that, that, that actually is almost self-fulfilling. In Absolutely. Sense. And when you think about why do I, why would people default to this is going to be really bad? Uh, there can be a whole variety of reasons for that. It might be the way you were socialized in your family. Maybe conflict was something that you never, wasn't present in the family. You're socialized that way. Our school system typically doesn't, you know, at least when I went through school system, when we still had that, abacuses. That, and, that was a different time. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know. Greg and I <laughs> Be nice, Dave. <laughs> You know, conflict wasn't, it wasn't a, a thing. Like you just, you didn't push back, you didn't challenge. And the whole, the whole word conflict carries with it all kinds of baggage, right? So rather than seeing conflict as a productive way to move forward to better solutions, it itself creates a paradigm. Mm. And so, you know. That, of personality probably too, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Personality, all those components shape it into the way we internalize it. And what happens then is that, you know, why would I assume that this is going to be a bad conversation? And the minute I do that, I've set it up as a win-lose or a lose-lose. I haven't set it up as a win-win. Mm -hmm. So again, the mindset, if I'm going into this conversation, how can I go into it in a way that I see this as a win-win and one that is going to be productive and move us forward? So do I, do I go into it believing that it's going to be successful? And successful doesn't mean that people aren't going to get angry or people aren't going to be upset or that they're not going to have emotion about it. But, you know, we, in coaching, we talk about holding the coachee capable. Well, it's the same thing. Am I, if I'm going to go into a tough conversation with Greg, if I don't believe he's capable of handling it, then I'm going to, I'm going to show up with an approach that's not holding him capable. If I say, okay, I believe Greg's fully capable to hear what I have to say, and yeah, he might get angry, he might get mad, he might stomp off, but he's capable of working through that, then that disarms my fears around me causing something or me putting something on somebody that they're not able to work through or deal with. And it just changes the paradigm. It changes, it's the way you go into the conversation that sets it up. If you go in with a, with a mindset, the skill set's easy to teach. The mindset is the challenge. Right, yeah. Are there, are there any tools or practices to do to, you know, to get doves uh, <laughs> into a position to do it? I find myself yeah. having these conversations often. Yep. Sometimes with clients, sometimes with team members. So, you know, it's G a, yeah. Before, before Bruce answers that, um, you know what I've, so I've known you for quite a while. Um, what I've observed in Greg is a lot quicker to have, to, to, to almost, conf not confront, but to, to um, challenge a notion or, or you almost feel like you, you're, like, because we've done quite a bit together in the last little mm -hmm. while, but you're, you're, um, it's almost like you you don't let it fester as long, and you kind of go go right to the heart of I it. I don't have the energy. Right. It, it, yeah. it goes back to what we were okay. talking about earlier about how it's it's easier to be nice in life. Yeah. Like it's just less effort. Yeah. To be nice, it's less effort to deal with crap as quick as we can. Yeah, yeah but absolutely. Be but, some, yes. but some people would say that's not being nice, right? right. You know, when in reality it is. But, yeah. But I've noticed yeah. that in you as an example, right? And and uh, yeah, and I get what you're saying because I'd I'd rather you know you you. you create this mindset and you think, geez, I don't really want to have this conversation because it's going to make the person feel bad or, exactly. or, they'll, or they'll come yeah. back at me really hard or whatever it is or, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So what do you, what do you, how do you, how do you support folks? Well, I want to just pick up on something Greg said a moment ago around energy, because here's the other fact about this is that we, when we don't have those conversations, we're expending a lot of energy not having the conversation. And I was coaching a couple of years ago, I was coaching an individual, uh, in front, in the front of a room, we were doing a training session, and 
the individual is bringing forward the challenge that he had about having a difficult conversation. Because I, I, I'll say this, that as an executive coach, there is no other topic that comes up with more frequency, yeah. irrespective of whether it's a CEO or a frontline manager, yeah. than I have to have a conversation with somebody that I'm not having. Yeah. So the, I'm coaching this fellow in front of the room and we're talking, he's got to have this difficult conversation and it's, uh, it's someone that reports to him and he's concerned about, you know, how the person's going to receive it. So in part way through the conversation, you're curious. So I just asked, how long is it you've known you've had to have this conversation? And his response to me was five years. Hey. Five years he's been carrying that burden. That burden of, and, and what happened as we started to unpack that was that every time he saw that person, it was elevating his, yeah. because he knows he's in avoidance mode now. So think of the energy, energy he expended over that period of time. It wasn't five years of constant, but as things come up, he'd be saying, oh, I should have had that conversation. Oh, there it goes again. And he hadn't had the conversation. And when we think about it, if you ask a room of people, if you, you know, and I do this in, in training sessions often when we're talking feedback, if I ask a room of people, if, if you had, if I had feedback for you that could help you be better, would you want to know it? Mm-hmm. Everybody's hand goes up. And yet... The converse is that I've got feedback for you that I'm not giving you. I'm not having that conversation with you that could help you move forward. So here's, I had this conversation just yesterday with, uh, with a friend. I think we all want the feedback, but I think what we're more worried about is what we think the deliverer of that information is thinking about us as a personal level. Yeah. For example, if you gave me feedback... I'd be like, oh, geez, does he does uh, does he think I'm less of a person now, or yes. does he hate me for this? Or yeah. you know, it, there's an insecure, a relationship insecurity that is probably stronger than the actual issue itself. Yes. Like, who cares if you fail or succeed yeah. on the issue? Feedback, you're going to fix it, and it's good. It's just A plus B equals C, no problem. But d- is there an insecurity when people can't receive feedback yes. without feeling uh, feeling bad? Because the last thing I want to do is giving somebody like Dave feedback. Is that it hurt his feelings? Absolutely. I don't want that. Yep. I, I, I want you know to my information to be. But people like me specifically. We, you make it awkward in a way because you're like, don't take this the wrong way. <laughs> that's but what, that's what right, yeah. Yeah. but what I think you, a lot of us do, do that. Yeah. We, we, we I feel wanna... like you're going to tell me something right now. <laughs> I am. No, no. Just, yeah, yeah. Don't think it's the wrong way, Dave. But every time you try to like uh, slip, uh, get me to slip up on mic, you know, I do laugh on the inside. I, th- I think it's great. Keep doing it. Um, yeah, but, but you know what? You know what? Greg and I had this a couple of times. We're like, "Hey, man, I'm I'm really sorry about that." You know, like we've gone back and forth, <laughs> apologizing to each other. Like, yeah. no, it's okay. It's like it's actually. So we're we're in this, uh, if you will, a not not a pitch meeting, but a, uh, a oh. somebody coming into to our United Way group that we we wanted to explain. And I start the I start the launch by saying, "Well, thanks everybody for for coming." And then Dave immediately threw me under the bus. I started laughing. He's like, "Here it comes." <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, that was me. That was me. Then I, I gave you the look. Yeah, you so, gave me a look, and I shut up. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll let's, we haven't had the difficult conversation yet about that. We'll do. <laughs> <laughs> We're having it right now. But, um, but in all, like going no. back to that, yeah. like that awkward. Don't take this the wrong way, or I I'm coming from this in a place of love. How do we not say all that crap and just say what we mean, but the other person can receive it in a way of we're good as people. Here's just yeah. a blockage that we need to. So it's a great question, and I think. Oh, it's, thank you. <laughs> oh, you guys set that up. <laughs> Greg, Greg, I want to give you some feedback. <laughs> yeah, it's a great question because it speaks to the broader piece around what we're able to control and not control the conversation. I can't control how you're going to receive something, so I've got to let go of that before I go into the conversation. I might have a desire. I might try to create the environment. 
I might try to present the message in the way that I think is going to be most likely to be heard. But at the end of the day, you're going to choose how you're going to hear it. And as long as I'm held up by the way I think you're going to respond to it, then that's going to get in my way of actually having the conversation. So the, the, courageous, the courageous thing to do is to share the information, hold the person capable, and share it in a way that you think is, has the highest likelihood of success. And by success, I mean that it's a win-win, that you're going to walk away with something positive, I'm going to walk away with something positive, that is done in a way that you, seen, you see as supporting you and helping you be your best self, and at the end of the day, it, it's your choice. Do, do you know, it's funny because one of the things, I, you know, like um, I think courageous is a good word to use when giving feedback or receiving feedback. And and if you think about people that have given you feedback, right, um, it's easier not to go there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? To avoid the topic. Oh, absolutely. And, and when yeah. they when they have gone there, you realize, oh, they really care about yes my development or yeah. what or me as a person or whatever. And and I I feel like I can you know maybe I'm I'm getting to a place where I can receive it that way. Um, it's harder if you're feeling insecure about something you're you know already doing. Absolutely. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if it's like I remember when I we I, you know started coaching and going through the coaching course exec, Royal Roads coach which actually Bruce is on faculty at Royal Roads and teaches the the certificate in executive coaching. Um, I remember getting one of they had they were called audited calls back then. I think they call them something the different. Mentor calls. Mentor yeah. calls. And uh, and I thought I did like I thought I just like I was like man I nailed this one. I thought I like, can see what's coming. Oh man, I was just it was like it was like I'm thinking like the the the, the assessor is probably going to tell me, you know, just like, you know, You're the, the, best, the, the gates have opened, you know, go and <laughs> go and, you know, forward in the world and make it better. And it was the exact opposite. It was like, well, good for you for being the first one to do, you know because I was one of the first ones and then it proceeded to like it was like like devastating but the best thing like in the moment it was yes, just like absolutely yeah. like really I like yeah. I sucked that much you know what I mean like was, of course was, that wasn't was, said was that Bruce way. one of the uh, <laughs> no it wasn't <laughs> Bruce it was, he, he actually went through this long before he got he got into the game um, they, the, like I mean it, it was back in the day where they let guys like me through the course <laughs> now, <laughs> now I might not be able to get into it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know that that piece around uh, that you're talking about, Dave, and I think you are as well, Greg, is that we we want to go into the conversation with the commitment to safety, but not commitment to comfortableness. Mm, that's cool. I like so that. you know, I, we want the, I want this to be a safe conversation, but uncomfortable is not a bad thing. And again, if I've got a la- if I've got a mindset around uncomfortable being, you know, negative, whatever, it's the paradigms of of the words that I hold and the self-talk that I use that really set me up to going into the conversation. So you asked earlier, Greg, are there any tips or what do you do to, there are, you know, I, if I'm going to go into a difficult conversation and it's significant enough that it's really got me like you, I want to move faster to that conversation. And so what I I have is a prep sheet, all the things I'm going to check, I'm going to go through and prepare is my mindset in a win-win right now. What's the outcome I want of this conversation? What am I willing to negotiate or not negotiate on? Like, what are, what are, what are the facts to make sure that I'm dealing with facts instead of my perceptions? Mm. So just making sure I've set the stage before I ever sit across the, across from the person. And then when we're in the room, we're having the conversation. If I feel it really uncomfortable, I'll start by disclosing that. Say, you know what, this this conversation is really uncomfortable for me, because that's the difference between 
me owning the way I feel versus telling you the way you should feel. That's, yeah, that's a good point. Right? That's that's interesting. Now, by you saying that, let, let's say you're delivering the mm-hmm. uncomfortable to you. Yeah. And say, I'm uncomfortable about this. Have you uh, projected your comfort uh, uncomfort on the other person, do you think? I, You know, I. that's a great question. I don't think oh, so. Goodness. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Thanks. I apologize I, I, to the audience. <laughs> I, I, I don't think so because I think what I'm doing is just owning my, I'm, I'm owning where I'm at. I'm just I, I being like, transparent. I like that. that, that's the right way. Yeah. If, if I'm going to, if I want to engage them in an honest conversation about a, about a challenging topic or something that might have some emotion to it or, or reaction to it, uh, then I want to model right away that, oh, you know, let's just be transparent here. I'm not very comfortable. I wish I didn't have to have this conversation, but I do. And here's here we go. And I love what you just said about the safety thing. It's like you could. It's so it's so interesting to say, I'm not comfortable having this conversation with you to give you this feedback. It yep. doesn't bring me a lot of excitement. Yeah. Um, but I assure you, this is a safe a safe conversation, a safe place to have this conversation. Yeah. And then the person's like, "What the heck's Greg about to say?" <laughs> yeah. 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 But do you, you know, feel I, do you feel uncomfortable with the lead in because you don't know? Like it's almost like. That sometimes can be challenging, right? Like but that's setting. the awkward part that I that I yeah. laugh okay. at myself for yeah. always doing. I'm like, yeah. before giving critical feedback, it's either I go on like it's straight up big smile on my face, yeah. So here's here's what I think, you know, or you're like, this is yeah, it's a little awkward to say this, but you know, anyway, there's probably no real right way to do it because no. every situation is different. And I'll tell you, yeah. Greg, that on that point, Greg, if you go and Google. You know how to deliver feedback. There'll be a million models, five step model in delivering feedback. Go and Google how to have a difficult conversation. You won't find a five-step model because no two situations are the same. Mm -hmm. The range and scope is different of the conversation. The relationship between you and the person. If it's a conversation. Absolutely. So there's so many variables that there is no step process. Mm -hmm. It's anything you will find on the internet is more around what I was saying around sort of what's the preparation to go into the conversation and then get in there and just your mind is already set appropriately. And I have a mantra, a mentor of mine many years ago who was uh, really instrumental in my whole growth in my early days in leadership, said to me, Bruce, what right do you have to withhold information from somebody that can help them grow? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then I realized, okay, if I'm not having this conversation, I'm depriving you of the opportunity of choice because I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not, at the end of the day, if I say, if you don't do this and you're going to lose your job, you still have choice. Mm-hmm. So all I'm doing is presenting you the opportunity to have choice. Uh, and, mm. and, and it's exactly what Seth Godin was telling us on the boiling point a few episodes ago. He was like, if you don't ship whatever that is, if you don't put your art out or you don't launch your business or whatever your, the thing is that your creative self is about to deliver, you are uh, withholding that from humanity and you're being selfish. I, I love yeah. how he, how he positioned it, yeah. that. Yeah, it's actually really beautiful. Yeah. But, but you could apply that to here for feedback yeah. Yeah. Uh, or giving people choice. You are, you're being selfish by not giving the feedback. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I it's it's as simple as, you know, the, the old uh, scenario where I got broccoli in my teeth. How long oh, am yeah. I going to walk around with broccoli in my teeth before somebody tells me? Would it be kind to tell me? Yeah. Would it be uncomfortable? Yeah. yeah. But what's in my best interest? Yeah. Do you know, we we, um, we take a lot of people, and Greg's done this uh, to his credit, gone through a 360, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, uh, you're doing it with one again. Um, <laughs> yeah, we can do that anytime. Um, and um, and I think, you know, a lot of, like, so, so a lot of times we're having conversations with folks that are about to go in and go through this process, right? And they're going to get feedback. And you can hear, like, like the honest answer, I feel, for the, for the majority of us, me included, is, 
I'm a little nervous about this because I don't know what I'm going to find out. And then, and I, I like to always say, you know, and I, I, listen, I get that. I feel the same way when I do a 360 or any assessment, you know, I'm kind of like, I don't know what I'm going to learn. But on the other hand is I go, wouldn't you rather know than just guess what people are thinking? And, you know, and generally people go, yeah, actually that's a good point, yeah. right? Yeah. It might sting a little bit still, but at least I know and I can, I got choice to your point earlier, Bruce, to deal with it. Like I can, I can choose how I can deal with it. I can ignore it if I want, or I can actually do something to overcome it. Well, and you know, that even, even an instrument like a 360, just the idea of, of getting feedback, we label it a negative, positive, good, bad, rather than, you know, the, what I really work with people to try and help them understand is that all it is, is a data point. It's neither good or bad. It's neither plus or minus. It's a data point. And it, that data point creates a choice point for you. So again, back to the idea of empowerment, that empowering the person that you're having the conversation with by helping them recognize or see a choice that they may not have previously seen without me having any ownership in which way they decide to choose. Because even in the, in the example where you might, if you don't clean up your act and change your behavior, you might lose your job. I have a vested interest in wanting them to, to, to clean up their act and be able to you know, succeed. I want them to go for it, but at the end of the day, that's their choice. So I'm just creating a data point, which creates a choice point for them they may not realize they had before. Right. Cool. So, uh, so Bruce, you're on tour uh, all across <laughs> North America. Um, we're going to lead this into the end of our, our, our podcast, but um, uh, for how, how people get in touch with you and whatnot. Um, but uh, what are you doing with your workshops? Like, uh, what are you doing as you're <laughs> crisscrossing across <laughs> this beautiful nation? Yeah, well, I, it's been the it's been the full gamut actually. When I started off in uh, Victoria, I was doing uh, so I'm on faculty at Railroad University, so I was teaching in the executive coaching program out there. Then I went up to do some team coaching up in the Northwest Territories, and I'm here doing some work around having difficult conversations, providing uh, the skill, the mindset first and foremost, and the skill set around how to do it. And uh, we try to provide lots of interactive opportunities for people to actually get in there in the workshop and give it a try and see how it feels. And, the, and the, I know we're, we're wrapping up here, but the team, the teamwork that we do, typically we, we assess function, how functional a team is, and one of the things we look at is how they deal with conflict. And we assess that, yeah. and uh, and 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 you know like to change that paradigm where like you brought it up earlier, Greg, where conflict is obviously like the the grit or the tension that actually makes things better, and and this idea of artificial harmony and all these things that were, were you know for people that are familiar with Lesioni's work yeah. on the five dysfunctions. So you know it's, it it does touch everything, right? All it does, the one work we do, some of the yeah. training we do, team coaching. Yeah, how do people? How do you want people to to connect with you? Well, you can reach me at uh, Bruce at visioncoachinginc.com or if you go to the Vision Coaching website, uh, you can uh, certainly see me on there. And, and LinkedIn, yeah. LinkedIn, you're And big. LinkedIn, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn as well, yeah. And M-C-L-E-O-D. 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 Bruce <laughs> McLeod, in the Bruce. flesh. In the flesh. <laughs> in the flesh. And uh, Bruce, uh, Bruce uh, the second time we had this, uh, had a great what are, what, are, what are your takeaways from this interview? Bruce? Well, you know, it just uh, what's really struck me is uh, just my own recognition for myself around how important that choice point concept mm. has been is showing up for me a lot in the last six months or so. I mean, just to articulate it and say it to you guys, just kind of really said, "Oh yeah, that's really what I've been. That's really what's been emerging for me in this work." And the neat thing about that is, there's the podcast format. Is, it's not like you're hanging out with a bunch of guys with beers talking about that topic. Yeah. Kind of need to be a guest on a podcast to be able to work through some yeah, of this stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I, I well, we, we were talking about yesterday about verbally. Um, 
processing, right? Yeah. And this, this, I think this is a form of that for me, for sure. Um, one, one last thing before we let you go, but I, and I just think it's interesting because I know we have it um, in our in our work relationship. And I know the the healthiest work relations I have. We we have this we have like we have this deal where we we bring up issues. And we, that's the deal, right? So occasionally I'll get a call from Bruce and I'll be like, got to talk to you about a couple of things, Dave. And it's like, oh, okay, here we go. You know, but it's our deal, right? Yeah. So that, so that, so that means what's kind of nice about that for me is I don't feel like anything's hanging out there that I don't know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And Likewise. I feel, like, I feel like good about that because I feel like, well, we have this deal and, and, um, uh, Marilyn, um, who we should have on this podcast at some point. Um, we have that from 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 the inception, and that survived a whole bunch of craziness in business and life and stuff. You know, where it was this, the, you know, and sometimes you just you're like, ah, do we have to talk this through? But you know, it's like it's really healthy. So, mm -hmm. yeah. so I just so I appreciate that, and um, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, my pleasure. Talking thanks about Bruce. it, great. And, I can't believe uh, that you actually work with this guy, and, uh, <laughs> and that you feel I love respected. Him. I love him. He's a great guy. <laughs> I love him too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a great way to end the podcast. I park. love you, Dave. Yeah, I love you, man. Right, cool. Love you, Bruce. Bruce. Thanks a lot, man, for love coming fest. to this. Right. Awesome. 2019. Love fest. 2019. Well, they say all good things come to an end. What's that got to do with this show? <laughs> Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.